You're listening to Under a Pile of Books, and I'm your host, Calvin Park. There's a lot that I want to talk about in this episode, so it's good to be with you, and let's dive right in. This past week, I spent my reading time uh, enjoying Robert Jackson Bennett's Shorefall. Now, Shorefall is the sequel to 2018's Foundry Side. If you have not yet read Foundry Side, you are missing out. Go read it. It's wonderful. Uh, Foundry Side was absolutely great we read. Um, I loved it. Shorefall, the sequel, um, another great read. Robert Jackson Bennett is really a wonderful author. Uh, lots of fun. He... In a lot of ways, his writing is, I think, similar to Brandon Sanderson's in that there's often this kind of buildup uh, and then just this action-packed finale that keeps you on the edge of your seat and really makes you unable to, to put the book down. You just don't want to put the novel down. You, you want to keep reading it. Uh, and and just not stop whenever you're in the end game there, and that's a very similar feeling I think to what I get when I'm reading Brandon Sanderson novels. So, um, like I said, Foundryside was great. Shorefall, uh, I had an arc of this. Thank you to the publisher and to NetGalley for that arc. Uh, the book releases on April twenty first, twenty twenty. It is published by Del Rey. And as I said, really enjoyed this one. It's, um, if, if anything, the, the, the first 50% might be a little slow. Isn't the right word, but, but, but just maybe not quite as fast paced or full of reveals as I expected. Uh, not in a bad way. It just was maybe different than, than what I was expecting, giving, given the ending to Foundryside. But by about 40% of the way in, things really start to, to ramp up, and uh, the rest of the novel really gripped me and just would not let go. Uh, there continues to be a really interesting magic system. We learn a bit more um, about the magic system in Shorefall, and... It's, it's really neat. It's basically, I mean, the magic system is, is basically hacking reality. Um, so it's, it's almost in that way. It's like a fantasy version of cyberpunk, which is really unique. Um, and, and just a lot of fun. The, the thing that maybe jumped out to me the most in Shorefall, perhaps even more so than in Foundry side. And, and this was still a high point in Foundry side, but for Shorefall, the characters really, really, I think, come into their own. Uh, they're all interesting and excellent, well-fleshed out. Um, they, they all have their unique struggles that they're going through. And you care about all of them. So just highly enjoyable from that, that perspective. Um the like I said, the the magic system is excellent, really interesting, and the world building is fascinating um, as well. I feel like maybe the world building with this one, it, it was done in a different way. We got to see some more of the history 
of the world in terms of the world building, or maybe not so much got to see, but but got to to figure out, find out more about the the history as opposed to the present day world building, maybe as much as in Foundry side. But it's a lot of fun, no matter how you slice it. Great read. Um, if you are not, if you've not yet read books by Robert Jackson Bennett. You need to be. He's a wonderful author. Like I said, Foundry Side is great. Shorefall coming out in April. Also excellent. If you haven't already read his Divine Cities trilogy, that one is also wonderful. So uh, really all just all around, Robert Jackson Bennett, great author. I really, really enjoyed Shorefall. I think you will too. And it is, you know, I think well worth your time. So if you are looking for some reads to fill out your April TBR, or you're looking for some new releases uh, coming up in April, definitely Shorefall should be on your list. And if you haven't read Foundry Side yet, go ahead, uh, tackle that one because it is worthwhile. Uh, that's what I read this past week, Shorefall. In terms of what I have on deck, I'm not 100% sure what I'm going to be reading. Uh, there are a number of options that I have. Of course, my, my TBR is enormous. Um, but I uh, probably the ones that are toward the top of my list right now would be uh, Tales of Ioth by D.P. Wollescroft. And this is like book 2.5 in, in uh, his Wildfire Cycle trilogy. Or, no, not trilogy cycle saga whatever i think there are like four books in it four four kind of regular novels and then what 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 dave is doing that's really interesting with this series is he has a mainline novel so he had king's hold and then he has uh a tales of book which is a series of short stories that fill in background for some of the characters tell you what they're doing shortly after the novel entry, and then there's another novel. So it was Kingshold, then Tales of Kingshold, um, Ioth, City of Lights, and then Tales of Ioth, and then there'll be another um, mainline novel entry, and, and I think there are four, something like that, uh, main novel entries. And and I say main, it's not that the Tales of books are skippable, but they're they're just done in a different way. They're not they're not typical novels. They're they are a collection of short stories, and I found uh, Tales of Kingshold to be really really enjoyable, a lot of fun. So I have an arc. Uh, thank you to the author for that of uh, Tales of Ioth that I'm hoping to get to uh, sometime soon, uh, and so we'll we'll see there. Um, I also have an arc of the orbit version of we ride the storm by devin madsen super excited to get to that so i that that that's very close to the top of my tbr and um i also have a novella and a couple other possibilities i uh, have a, a sciencia book that i would like to get to that i've had for a little while um and uh Possibly the next book in uh, Lisa Cassidy's uh, series, um, the book two, uh, A Tale of Stars and Shadow, is the her the first book in the series, which is currently a Spiffbo finalist. I'd like to read the second book in that series. Uh, so 
a lot of options there, a lot of options. And uh, we'll see uh, kind of how that all shapes up. I'm not I'm not 100% sure how it's going to shape up. I'm not sure what I'm going to be reading this week. I haven't decided yet, but it'll be one of those that I've just named. So I will we'll all be surprised uh, on next week's podcast. In terms of upcoming releases that uh, are on my radar, we have Along the Razor's Edge coming out this week by Rob J. Hayes. Uh, this is one, the blurb sounds really, really interesting for it. I have not had a chance uh, to read it yet, um, but I look forward to getting it and reading it sometime, hopefully in the near future. We all know how that goes uh, with our uh, massive TBRs, but uh, here's to hoping. Um, several things kind of related to sci-fi fantasy in the news or kind of current events that I wanted to, to spend at least a couple minutes talking about, uh, tonight. And the first of those is Star Trek Picard. So I won't give any spoilers for this. Um, but talking about it is potentially, you know, if, if you really want to avoid knowing anything about it, then you might want to, um, you, know, you might want to, to skip forward a couple minutes here in the podcast. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but Star Trek Picard, I enjoyed this entire series. I think that this was very much the sort of Star Trek I was looking for. Don't get me wrong. I would still love to have a, series about a crew on a Federation starship that is exploring strange new worlds and, you know, seeking out new life and new civilizations and, and, and all of that. I would totally, totally love that. But Star Trek Picard was just excellent. The focus on the character of Picard, introducing both new characters as well as older characters, um, established characters. Really, I loved all of that. We, we got to see, I think, Picard as more of a person, uh, more of a, as an individual than maybe we've seen him uh, in anywhere other than may maybe a one or two of the movies. And I'm not sure the movies did a great job of really portraying uh, Picard as an individual, as a person, as a human being. But the series certainly does. It's excellent. A lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, it's certainly dramatic, more dramatic and, and a bit darker than, you know, you say the next generation or Voyager, or that kind of thing. But it still maintains this feeling of hope in the midst of a world kind of gone mad, kind of gone crazy. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about this. It didn't feel uh, hopeless. It, it even sort of even the Federation, um, the take on the Federation is very much more of a, say, like a Deep Space Nine take on the Federation then it is a next generation take on the Federation. What I mean by that is in the next generation, the Federation was sort of always the good guys. They were, they were, if you're into Dungeons and Dragons, like alignments, the Federation is lawful good. And 
you know, there's not really any problems with the Federation. They're always the good guys who are coming in to save the day. Um, Deep Space Nine, I think, gave a more realistic portrayal that, yes, the Federation has these ideals, and yes, many in the Federation live up to those ideals. Many people want to live up to those ideals, but there are elements that do not live up to those ideals. Not every individual lives up to the ideals of the Federation. Not even every... um, you know, officer in Starfleet lives up to the ideals of Starfleet and the Federation. And I think that that's something with DS9 that, that I think was that, that way of portraying Starfleet and the Federation, I think was perhaps more authentic than in the next generation. And I would say that Picard picks up very much on that more DS9 portrayal of the Federation, but it again, it doesn't swerve into hopelessness. It very much still, um, while I think it shows us a an authentic view of the Federation, the Federation and Starfleet does still have their ideals. And I, I really appreciated the way it was able to kind of thread that needle and, and walk that line. I thought it did a good job of that. The finale was just excellent, really wonderful. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I'm really looking forward to season two and I'm interested to see where things go in season two and, and what kind of new adventures, um, the, the cast has. So I'm looking forward to that uh, very much. Speaking of series that I've been watching uh, within the sci-fi fantasy uh, kind of uh, genre, uh, on Netflix, we have The Letter for the King. And this is an adaptation of a novel. And I've never read the novel, but I have watched the first two episodes of The Letter for the King on Netflix. And uh, so far, it's been it's been pretty good. It's interesting. It um, you know, Netflix obviously back in December, uh, The Witcher dropped on there, and that was a really great. I enjoyed that. The storytelling was really weird in it. Uh, you're kind of getting different perspectives in like three or four different timelines. And so it was very confusing. Things started to make sense in like the third or fourth episode, but that's like halfway through the season. And I'm not, I really don't know is that was the best way to do it um, from a storytelling perspective, but whatever, I still enjoyed it as a series and thought it was really good, but it's, it's definitely a dark world and a very mature kind of, um, uh, subject matter, very, you know, just violent, um, gory, uh, all of that. And like I said, I enjoyed The Witcher, loved it. Uh, the Letter for the King is very different. It, um, I don't know exactly how to put it. It, it definitely has the feel of a coming of age story, but, but almost, I mean, it almost reminds me in some ways of a, slightly more violent Disney movie. Like there's not a whole lot of blood. Uh, there, you know, there are some, some character deaths and whatnot. Um, and there's, you know, some blood, but not like 
not like you might be used to seeing in The Witcher or Game of Thrones or that kind of thing. This feels much more like it's intended for a, a little bit of a wider audience or a, or a younger range maybe to the audience. Um, it's a coming-of-age story. I think I put out on Twitter, it, it has almost a vibe of like a feel-good coming-of-age story, though I, I've, I'm only two episodes in, so I really don't know what happens, so I can't say whether that will continue to hold out there's definitely drama in it i'm not saying there aren't some down times it's definitely not you know always happy or whatever but uh the letter for the king first two episodes i'm definitely intrigued um it's interesting and uh, i'm i'm definitely um kind of hooked enough that i want to see more and, and i'm going to continue watching uh the series after the first two episodes less um stuff that's in the news, but just some, some stuff that I want to talk about here. Um, so I have been, uh, you know, like many of us around the world right now, uh, I've been spending a lot of time at home. Uh, my county and my state is under a stay at home order, uh, that came down this past week. And, uh, so even before then there, you know, non-essential businesses were closed and, and people weren't, you know, we weren't going out much or whatever. And uh, so I've had an opportunity to uh, do a couple things that have, uh, that are kind of fun uh, because I've, I've had some more time on my hands in the evenings and whatnot. And one of those is I am with a group of friends. Uh, we've started a, a new D and D campaign, new, new D and D game uh, that, um, we're playing and it's just great fun. I'm not actually the dungeon master in this one, which is kind of nice. I, I think over the past five or 10 years, most of my D and D playing has been as the DM and uh, that's a ton of fun. It's wonderful uh, to be the dungeon master, but I'm really excited because I get to just kind of sit back and uh, enjoy the game as a player and craft my character and do a bit of role playing and all of that. So I just, I love Dungeons and Dragons. It's so much fun and finding a way to connect with friends uh, by playing D and D through the magic of the internet is, it's just, it's great. It's great. Uh, I'm loving this and uh, it's a lot of fun. So I encourage you, you know, like if, you've never played D and D before even, and you have got some time on your hands. Uh, find a group of friends that wants to play online, or, you know, there are groups say on a site like roll 20.net um, who are looking for players, you know, uh, and there are even some campaigns that are designed for new players to kind of get their feet wet or whatever. So uh, it, it's a great time. Uh, go check out Dungeons and Dragons. It's a great game, great opportunity to, to socialize in an age of social distancing. Uh, and then the final thing I wanted to mention here was uh, I've been uh, playing a lot of video games, actually, or a video game. Uh, I've been playing a lot of hours of video games uh, as I find that uh, I just sometimes need to, to zone out a little bit. Uh, with all that's going on in the world. And so I've been playing Kingdoms of Amalur, which is an older game. And uh, it came out in 2012, I believe. Uh, and Kingdoms of Amalur is a lot of fun. It's a wonderful action RPG. Um, 
interesting story, uh, fun armor, magic crafting system, cool combat, uh, just all of it. I really love it. My biggest disappointment is that the studio that created it soon after it was released ended up going bankrupt, which is a really unfortunate thing because I think they would have made some absolutely phenomenal games um, if they had continued. Um, They didn't, but uh, we do still have Kingdoms of Amalur. I'm having a great time with that. It's a great secondary world, kind of high fantasy setting. So if you are looking for a fun game to uh, spend some hours on and you haven't played Kingdoms of Amalur, it's available on Steam, and I uh, do highly recommend it. It's a great time. Great time. So, all right. Well, that about wraps it up for me. I hope that you are having a wonderful time reading or playing video games or watching science fiction and fantasy TV shows or whatever it is that you are uh, occupying your time with. Uh, I hope you're enjoying it and having a great time. I will uh, be back next week with another weekly pod. And I have a few things in the pipeline in terms of interviews. I'm really excited about a couple of them. I think you're really going to enjoy some of the guests I have on and some of the topics we're going to be talking about. So more on that in the near future. However, uh, for now, thank you so much for listening. And as always, 